those are real telltale signs. If you enjoy going to the gym and you're a person that usually enjoy eating, but all of a sudden you're having those ups and down moments, it's just another time to self-reflect on what's going on. So that's what I love about it too is you do need those breaks, but don't beat yourself up about it for sure. Hello Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself, my name is Ho, oh, H to the O-V, I used to move snowflakes by the O-Z, I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the R-O-C. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a slight <laughs> glitch and delay, but I can get over that because the way that the, the thing, the software works, that it just records off your device, so um, whatever you see is what the final product is going to be. And so what I see isn't going to always be the same. Right. So it's just our OCD, right? <laughs> I, I, you have to be though. You, you very, I like, I have to be very particular because if I don't enjoy my own product, then how can I expect everyone else to? I, you know? I, I believe with that. I believe that I, I'm the same way when I'm braiding hair, I say to myself, mm -hmm. if I'm loving this. They're going to love it. And usually if exactly. I'm not really liking it, they don't like it. So yeah, I don't know if that's exactly what you mean. If you're loving your own product. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and I mean, and it's an energy too. Like you feel it when you're promoting it or when you're talking to other people about it. If, if you're not as hyped about the product that you're making, so how can you expect anyone else to, you know, it's, it's, mm -hmm. that's how I feel. Mm -hmm. And especially if I'm going to like you're use a whole hour of your time, if we're going to talk about certain important things that I, um, you know, want to display. I don't want to give anyone any room to critique something and not hear the message that's being projected right. out. Right. You know, the distractions. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It, it's, it's like, it's the same principle for where if I'm not in shape and if I'm not taking care of myself, who am I to talk about health? Like I could have the best message about being healthy and taking care of yourself. But if I'm a fat ass and, and displaying that message or projecting that, it, it just goes on deaf ears. You know, I always like to say the, the woman with the Dorito skin trying to sell face cream. Oh, ain't nobody buying that. Your oh face my is like God. a Dorito. That dude. is so nasty. That is so gross because I just got visuals. That's what I just did. Oh my God. Well, guys, Robin fit after six Evans. This is, uh, this is how we start this episode. It, it's funny because I, I, uh, I won't. I'm going to start up with this dad joke and I, cause I know you love these things and, and I haven't ever started my regular podcast with the dad joke, but I, I have to start this one off Robin. Okay. My favorite one. So why are cows so tired after giving birth? You always stop me. <laughs> cause they're decaffeinated. <laughs> it's genius though <laughs> these are amazing i have so many cow jokes i and i don't know how i have very i have a lot of dad like cow jokes i have a lot of dad and llama jokes and um yeah i guess i'll pack it in but anyways grab it i love it decaffeinated oh, they're great they're great and mm -hmm. if you right and if you don't find that funny because it's probably you're lactose intolerant you know 
just slide them in. Just slide them in. Yeah, yeah they're they're utterly terrible. Um, so oh, dad joke stacking, bro. <laughs> These are great, great, great. I love it. I missed uh, it, man. I missed it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, they're they're great. They're amazing. Um, they're very very PC. And people can't get offended by them, but they're still very witty and requires a little bit of thought, you know? Yeah, there we go. A lot of thought sometimes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Robin, I got to start talking about you uh, because if we don't, what's the point, right? So for all of us who want to know where the heck Fit After Six comes from, let's just start from there and then we'll, uh, we'll mm -hmm. dive in. So where does Fit After Six come from within your IG handle? Well, it kind of came to me. I have six kids. A lot of people don't know that about me. They're like, what? Six kids? Yeah. Gave birth to six. Two, six full-blown births. Natural. Nothing. Uh, no type of epidural or C-sections. Just straight. And Dang. after having my... <laughs> after so you're having a natty them, athlete and you birth naturally, too. That's how natty <laughs> you are. Jeez, I think my cheeks are gonna be burning this uh, this whole interview. Uh, um, Robin, we have a lot to catch up on. It's been a minute, you know. <laughs> yeah, so after having six kids, um, being sedentary, not doing any workouts, never never really did the gym. I was an athlete my whole life, so I never really had to go to the gym or anything like that. Um, I just kind of you know lost my way. I was over two hundred something pounds. Um, had never seen myself like that before ever. So I was just like, I can't stay here, you know? And I always heard people say, you look good for six kids. I'm like, I don't want to look good for six kids. I just want to look good. <laughs> I don't want it to be for six mm -hmm. kids. So it was me getting out of the shower and seeing myself naked and going, mm -mm, this ain't it. <laughs> so my one goal was just to look good naked. That was, that's where it started. <laughs> um, and wow. then when I started uh, getting into the gym, started doing fitness more, I wanted to make a page that was just around it you know, surrounding my fitness journey. And I came up with the name Robin fit after six, cause it rhymes. So that's where it came from. Nice. <laughs> did you, you said you're an athlete. So did you play sports growing up or what, what do you mm -hmm. mean by you're an athlete? Yeah. Ever since uh, elementary, I've done gymnastics, basketball, track, track was my biggest thing. I did the high jump and the hurdles and, um, oh, wow. for track. Yep. Um, I, Dabbled in some cheerleading, didn't quite make it that far, but I was trying to do cheerleading. But I've done it all. But track was my, my my main thing that I did consecutively over the years in high school. So always very athletically built. Doing, I love comp competition. I like to compete no matter what. <laughs> so very competitive person. Always has been. Always have been. So yeah. Wow! Wow! That's really cool that you had that moment for yourself where, Hey, I've always been an athlete, but after, you know, having six kids, you have that epiphany about yourself where I don't want to be just good enough for this rhetoric. And instead of yeah. labeling yourself and keeping yourself confined to that rhetoric, you decided to make the best of it, which you can, you see it all the time where people are like, well, I have, I have kids. I have that. So mm -hmm. it, it's interesting that you, instead of using that as a way to keep yourself down or, or not hold yourself accountable, instead you use that as motivation and to mm -hmm. be where you're at now. So take us into the beginning of that. So you, you had this moment, you look at the mirror, you say, 
F this, I want to look good, like naked. <laughs> like, so therefore, yeah. like, where, what were the steps that you took and uh, kind of take us into the progress of how that developed? So I came up with the concept of looking good naked because, you know, we all can look good in clothes. You can buy the right type of clothing that can really hide what your physique has. You, know, you just wear sweatpants or over, oversized clothes to hide your physique and you look pretty decent. So it was literally when you're when you step out of the shower, and you're naked. There is nothing to hide like there's, it's all hanging out. <laughs> you know, every there's nothing. There's no way to cover it up or hide what your flaws are. And you're there in, the, in that moment looking at yourself going, I don't like this. One of the turning defining moments is a pretty funny story. I was standing in Walmart in the checkout line. Like I told you, I've been pretty much fit my entire life. It wasn't until after my fifth child that I actually started gaining weight. Because every time I'd have a kid, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get thick. Never got thick. Like I dropped weight like really mm. quickly every time. But after my fifth kid, I got on birth control sedentary, wasn't doing anything. I wasn't eating right. I wasn't doing any, like after high school, I stopped going, I didn't do anything athletic. Pretty much started having kids and the rest is downhill from there. But after my fifth child, got on birth control. So I got pretty big. And then I was trying to get myself right after the fifth one. And so I got off the birth control because it was blowing me up. And oops, got pregnant with the second one, with the sixth one. And uh, so after her, I was just like, I need to get myself back together. I can't stay in this body. And I'm standing in Walmart and I'm in the checkout line and I go look, it was some stuff on the side and I go to lean over to grab it and I felt my back fat touch. Mm. <laughs> so it, oh, what is that? Oh no. <laughs> I had never been that size. So I go to touch and I'm like, oh my God, my I've got to do something. <laughs> And it was at that moment that I'm just like, mm -mm, I can't. So I ran straight to the, the way everybody else does it. I tried the military diet. Have you ever heard of that one? Where like, no, for you eat, yeah, the military diet, you eat like four days out of the week and then you take three days off. Um, but you're eating like literally like scraps, like the smallest, like toddler food. And okay. I, I can, I can identify with eating scraps in the military, but not. Yeah. Not eating four on and three off, but ugh, ugh. yeah, Anyways. but that's what it was. They called it the military diet, and you would definitely lose weight. Like any diet, they work, right? It's just not sustainable. So I've tried the military mm -hmm. diet. I did the green smoothie cleanse, the ten day green smoothie cleanse. Um, I went online and got this guy's program. That was the best thing I did, though. The guy's name is Damn D. I guess it's supposed to be like Damn D, but uh, he had this program <laughs> where. <laughs> He had this program for 60 bucks flat. He gave you a shopping list of like good proteins, good fats, good carbs that you could like take it now, mix and match and make yourself meals. You know, three. it was the best deal ever because I wasn't knowledgeable on what I was doing. He gave you an upper body day, a lower body day. Then he gave you rest day. So like the program would work if I were to use it today. But back then I was just desperate mm. to just drop some weight no matter what. I was a cardio queen in the gym. I was doing everything. I did it all for a year by myself and I lost 12 pounds in a whole year. Mm. That was it. Mm. And then after that, I gained mm. six of them back. So mm. uh, finally I was like, this is it, Robin. I got to do something else. I got to do something I haven't done before. So I went to LA fitness one day. It was right after tax season. So I was balling a little bit, <laughs> had a little couple dollars in the, <laughs> in the, 
in the bank. And I'm leaving the mall from doing some shopping. And I see LA Fitness and I go, I'm going to go check them out. I go in there. I'm going to sign up for a membership. If they have a trainer, I want a trainer. Like I went all in. And they were like, yeah. So they signed me up with this guy named Marcus. Shout out to Marcus. And uh, when I saw him, he looked 12. I'm like, dude, you look too young to help me. <laughs> but he was, you know, fit and buff looking, but he was young. And I'm like, please don't give me this guy. That's what I'm thinking in my head. And then they ended up giving me Marcus, which I'm happy because that's my buddy now. But um, went through all that. And I was with Marcus for a year and a half. Dropped some nice weight, put on some nice muscle. Like he changed my life. It was a it was a big deal, but I still wasn't eating like I needed to. So I was still trying to do that on my own um, before I found bodybuilding. So, but for the most part, I mm. lost about 30 pounds with Marcus. Wow. Toned up really well. Got some nice muscle on my frame. By my 10th year anniversary, I was able to fit into the outfit that I wanted to fit into. And yeah, I was looking good. I was feeling good. <laughs> wow. You know, that that's really surprising that you actually didn't start gaining weight until after your fifth child. And so, yeah. so you, instead of Robin fit after six, you're Robin thick after six, and then you turn Robin fit after six, that, after that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Cause man, so, people would hate me. I never gained weight as a, I was pregnant. It was horrible. Yeah, but but it's interesting that that all and but the way that you approached your way of getting to where you're at now seems like the path that a lot of people take because everybody on the outside looking in thinks it's a very linear path that you start here and then you just immediately get down to here. But it's usually like it, this and then this and then this and this and this and then the people see this not identifying everything else that you went to to get from there. So if if you were to talk about like one of the, the the main differences from crash dieting to finding Marcus um like what what are some of the bigger principles that you would say that helped you consistently get down and also feel comfortable with with going down in weight oh okay one more time <laughs> okay so because you talk you talked about like, you know, you found like a military diet, you found all this crash course and everything like that. Right. But then you said that, you know, you lost like 12 pounds, you gained six, but then you found Marcus, the trainer. Um, and then you, that enabled you to, when you worked with them to actually lose 30 pounds before he got into bodybuilding. So like, what, what do you think are some of the principles for anybody that might be listening to this, that might be, you know, struggling crash dieting wise and, resisting maybe finding a trainer or something like what are some principles that you learned that helped you lose those 30 pounds and make you feel happy with it you know what that there is no easy court there's no shortcuts there's no shortcuts uh the diets work that's what i'm gonna say the diets mm -hmm. work but they work short term that's it mm -hmm. and that's why people do them because they do work for short term and if you want longevity, you want something that's going to last and, you know, you continue and you can maintain that, you got to do the work. You got to do the work. There is no shortcuts. I mean, I was miserable doing military diets. I was miserable doing the 10 days smoothie cleanse. When I finally realized, oh, there's a way you can actually eat, like actually eat every day and maintain your weight and still look good. Really? You know, and it's, and it's a tedious thing. Oh my God. It's a tedious, 
It's so tedious. Bro, you know, because you're a macro counter too. It's a very tedious thing to count your macros and to stay on track of those things and to meal prep and all these things. And everyone just wants that quick fix that how can I drop five pounds quick? How can I drop 10 pounds quick? Well, there's ways, but it doesn't mean you're going to keep it off. You want it to be sustainable. That's why I don't like keto. Yeah. You said you don't like keto. Don't like keto. Yeah. I I I tell all my clients, I don't recommend keto. Because keto just leaves you hanging. It works. But for three months max is what they tell you to go. And then you need to come back up. And then if you don't Mm -hmm. have a guide or a way to do it properly, you're just going to be back scarfing down the carbs and right back where you started it. So I don't like keto. Just eating like you're supposed to uh, for fuel. Looking at food as fuel instead of uh, enjoyment all the time. Changes the game for you. Man, yeah, ain't that a fact? Yeah, I think when once you make that switch between instead of making your your lifestyle about losing weight and you make it about maintaining maintaining fueling your body and putting your body into movement and and making it like a like a system and a process and realizing that hey, if I got to take care of my health, I need to sleep right, I need to fuel it, I need to drink water, I need to speak nicely to it and and be realistic yeah. with what my goals are. I mean, it's an entire overall, you know, approach, not just a let's see how much I can starve myself and hate myself. But I, but I feel like the process that we're talking about, though, the process of going through those crash diets and hating ourselves are some of the some of the things we have to go through in order for us to appreciate what we end up eventually learning in bodybuilding and what we end up learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and here's the thing is too, before we start talking about bodybuilding, I, I, what I love about bodybuilding in of itself is it's not exactly about like gaining all the muscle and, and, and eating as lean as possible. I mean, once you get into the principles of it, I think you just, what you just nailed it on the head with regards to meal prepping and the proper foods, you realize it's just a balancing, a balance act of proper fuel, proper eating and proper exercise and maintaining both mm-hmm. and doing it in a way that you end up controlling your body composition and your body weight. And, and it's just, a, that's all that really is. And then, yeah, the offset and the byproduct is that you end up looking phenomenal, but it really, I mean, if you really look at it, like I, I eat complex carbs and lean proteins, bodybuilding or not, that's how I should be fueling my body, like sleeping and trying to get six to eight hours of sleep or more or whatever it is for you. That's not just yeah. bodybuilding. That's about how to function properly in life. So, but, but I think because people have labeled those healthier habits as bodybuilding, it's what makes people resist it. And it's, it's like, oh, I don't want to eat lean protein because I don't want to eat chicken breast because I'm not a bodybuilder. Like, don't you just want to get lean protein and not eat too many calories? You know, like it, it has nothing to do with if you're a bodybuilder or not. But too many people have put too many labels on certain entities and, and they've done it to the point where they resist doing it, even though that's actually going to be the catalyst for things that they want to do and the result that they're really searching for. So it's very so interesting. Ironic that you, so ironic that you said that because I was having a discussion with someone the other day and they were just like, I think you just love bodybuilding and, and bodybuilding is everything to you. And I said, well, what is bodybuilding? What do you think bodybuilding means? Or like, what do you think it is? Like, let's, let's talk about that. And then it's like, oh, okay. So if you separate the fact that I'm going to like 
Let's talk about how I eat. I'm going to always eat this way. This isn't going to stop. I could walk away from bodybuilding today or tomorrow, and I'm still going to be fueling my body every day. I'm still going to be going to the gym. I'm still going to prioritize sleep and drinking my water and taking my vitamins. So is it really bodybuilding that I'm obsessed with or just the fact that I love to take care of myself? You right. know, and so then we, we put that where they're like, oh, <laughs> I mean, now the part where I lean out and show off my my gains and what I worked hard for. Now, that's bodybuilding. But the, like you said, bodybuilding teaches so many principles, so many things about our lives. And just it just really teaches you to be a better person for health Absolutely. reasons, for sure. Right. So, right. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So let, let Let's take it back a little bit because you did say right after you lost the 30 pounds, then you went into bodybuilding or that started to become something that you wanted to approach. So what what gave you that thought that said, hey, you know what? I lost some weight. I think I could probably do this. Like what 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 was it about bodybuilding that then all of a sudden that you wanted to take on and, and approach that industry? Funny story is uh, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know. My idea, Alan, of bodybuilding was the enhanced athletes, the big burly ones that just mm. look like monsters on stage, the IFBB pros. That was my uh, take on um, bodybuilding. I didn't even know that natural bodybuilding even existed. Um, so I'm a school bus driver by trade. You know, I do. That's what I do for a living. A little over 14 years now. And when I was doing my health and fitness with Marcus, I would go to the gym. I drop the kids off in the morning. Then I go to the gym for that time in between. And then I would pick them up you know, afterwards or whatever. So I get to the school and because I'm always drinking water, I always go inside and use the bathroom. This was in the spring of 2018. So it was the weather was starting to get nice. So I'm coming in with my tank top on and my guns out, you know, they weren't as big as they are now, but <laughs> I had some, I was building, I had been, it had been like a, I was a trainer by then too. So I was actually done training with Marcus at that time. I had moved on, became a trainer myself at the gym. So I was looking pretty good. And I walked in and used the bathroom one day and one of the staff members, her name is Angela, she goes, hey, you look good. And I was like, thanks, Rose, you work out? And I'm like, yeah, I'm a personal trainer, too, at you know the gym. She goes, you should do a show. I said, a show? What are you talking about? A bodybuilding show. I was like, mm, no. What? <laughs> like, it, it was, it triggered the 12-year-old in me who used to get called uh, muscle-bound. You know, back then it wasn't called bodybuilding. It was bodybuilding, but... When people described a bodybuilder, it was muscle-bound. You big muscle-bound man, mm -hmm. or you muscle-bound this, that, and the third. And uh, so I got teased when I was a kid because I had, I always had muscular arms, very muscular build. My mother called it an athletic build. build. Um, and people made fun of me because I had muscles and stuff, and, and my shoulders are so broad, and my voice is deep as you can hear it. So people would call me a muscle-bound woman and all this type of stuff, and I didn't like it because it wasn't a compliment at that time. Mm -hmm. So when she said that to me, I'm like, ew, why would I want to do a bodybuilding show? And she, so she shows me her picture and I look at her and I, then I look at her and I'm going, that's you? And she's like, yeah, I go, you don't look like that right now. Because in my mind, once you get that, like a lot of people think, you'll stay that way. Like you always look like the stage and it's not. And she goes, well, no, it's not sustainable. She goes, I'm a natural bodybuilder. And I'm like, a mm. natural? What does that mean? She's like, well, I don't use steroids or drugs. And I'm like, oh, so you can go back to looking like your normal self. And she's like, yeah. So over over time, I still was like, no, no. 
But then I started doing my own research about it. And the one thing that sold me, I was at a point in my fitness journey where I wanted to lose a little bit more body fat in certain areas. I wanted to have that overall muscular look, um, kind of like a fit, fit look. And I realized that in order to do that, I had to drop some more body fat. So I read that bodybuilders try to you lose as much body fat as they can safely lose before stage. So I was like, ooh, okay. So I go back to her and I'm like, so you guys just try to lose as much body fat as you can, right? She goes, yeah, that's the point. You want to get like peeled for the stage. I was like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so to be honest, like it wasn't something that I was in for the right reasons. I only wanted it to kind of feed for my my overall aesthetic look. And so she's like, meet me, my coach. So I'm like, okay, I, I call up Kelsey, set up an appointment with her. She's still my coach to this day. That was like oh, nice. over five years ago. Yeah. yeah. So I met up with her and I get over there and she, and she, I look at her and I go, are you a bodybuilder too? And she's like, yeah, did not look like a bodybuilder. So I was just like, what is going on? And so when she explained to me again, like we are natural bodybuilders and that just really appealed to me. Cause I'm like, okay, good. Cause I never thought about taking any steroids or drugs. I don't want to do that. So getting into that whole thing, met up with her. She went through the whole spiel with me. We started from rock bottom, bro. Like I was literally with her for a year and a half before I even stepped on stage. Year and a half, almost two years before I stepped on stage because I wasn't eating enough. So she took me where I was eating like upwards of like 2,800 and something grams a day, calories a day, which was hard for me, clean. Uh, I was getting sick of eating all that food, macro and all that food. Like I said, it's a tedious job. Just I think I put a story on my uh, Instagram back then. It was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know why I keep doing this. I'm sick of this. I'm tired of counting calories and, and prepping food, but I'm going to hang in there because I had to eat. So it was like, and then I'm still building and I'm eating. And then we start cutting down. Then we maintained and then we cut down into a show. So the rest is history. <laughs> but that's wow. how I found bodybuilding and, you know, by mistake. Not yeah. by mistake, yeah. by accident. Yeah, I I think I think the universe sent that person into your life definitely to yeah. let you know, hey, this is what you should be doing. You know, it's um I, I love a quote that reminds me of codes like when you're good at something, you tell everyone, but when you're great at it, everyone tells you. And I think that that's really shows up in a lot of different ways because sometimes, you know, the story that you have about yourself isn't really congruent with the energy that you're projecting. And it's yeah by other people really seeing who you are and the way you move, like, oh, this is actually something that you can do. Like, oh, crap, you know, maybe that's what it is. And so, yeah. I, I, but I think that when you, when you talk about going into bodybuilding and you want to get shredded and peeled, and that's kind of why you got into it, I, I feel like that's a lot of people's catalyst towards leaning down. I mean, Anytime anyone ever asks me, what do I need to do to get abs? I always tell them, sign up for a show. And they're like, oh, I can't do that. I'm like, no, no, no. When you sign up for a show, just, just exactly what you highlighted. You start having to count your macros. You start prioritizing the proper proteins, the proper, the proper carbohydrate and fat intake, as well as doing everything that's takes as a necessary and, and a health, oh, sorry, a healthy way to approach leaning down instead of crash dieting like we've always been kind of taught to do so it's interesting that you know that's what you ended up learning in the process as well so 
what was the what was the first show that you did and when you did that show uh what were what were some of the things that you learned or or what were some of the things that yeah that you thought about bodybuilding that you learned in the moment like take us into your first show and what that experience was like for us or for mm-hmm. you sorry before i get into that though i wanted to say real quick what you said about the universe putting that there is what was funny that you said that is because at the time that I found bodybuilding, I was needing some motivation. I was getting burnt out mm. in the gym. I was tired of just, I felt like I was running, spinning my wheels. And I had no, I got my 10th year anniversary outfit. And it was like, now what? I mean, this is it. So finding bodybuilding kind of motivated me to go that second step, that different way. And like you said, learning how to eat properly. That's how I learned how to eat, was through bodybuilding. But getting ready for my first show, oh man, bro. So <laughs> we, I, 2018, I met my coach. We got to talking. I was in a, I was in a hotel buying a house. So we were living in a little extended stay with a little kitchenette, me, my husband, and our six kids in this little Jeez. bitty hotel room. Yeah. Two beds trying to like, we were on top. We were so sick of each other. We were so, cause we were in that hotel for four months, bro, waiting for our house to close. It was miserable. Wow. Um, but. I was prepping. I was prepping food and I was, I was in there with my little, like I wanted it that bad. And then money just got tight. So I had to tell my coach, I can't afford to pay for the hotel, my closing costs and you. So this became not a priority anymore. So I had to set it to the side. This, so then I said, I'll be back. And I did contact her again, 2019, September of 2019. I was already in, in communication with her because we were on social media together but she wasn't my coach. I wasn't getting any advice from her. I was just going to the gym and eating how I should, as best as I knew how. Um, I was still taking what she had taught me and was using it. Um, and then I reached out to her in 2019 and I go, hey, I'm ready. She's like, all right, cool. That's when she gave me that crazy bump in food and I'm trying to eat all this food. And then COVID hits. 2020. Mm. Everyone's talking about Netflix and chill. And we know we're all staying home. And everyone's staying home. You got to stay home. You can't go nowhere. Gyms were closed. Oh, wait, what? The gym is closed? I have to eat all this food and I have nowhere to train? Are you kidding me? I remember texting my coach going, hey, so uh, can we like postpone this until after the COVID thing ends? Hindsight's twenty twenty, bro, because it did not end. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be over in a couple of months. That junk went for a whole year or more. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, yeah. I want to Netflix and chill like everybody else, you know? And uh, she's like, call me right now. So I get on the phone with her and she's like, listen, this is the time where the, the survival of the fittest is going to come. She goes, everybody said the gyms are closed. Everyone's hanging it up. They're sitting at home. They're eating their junk food. They're watching TV. They're not doing what you're doing. She goes, this will prove if you how badly you really want it. Mm. You're going to keep working. By the time I got off the phone with Kelsey, I was fired up. I had my... The basement, me and my husband's room is in the basement now, but at that time, the basement was where I trained at, where I worked out at. And I didn't have any weights or anything because as soon as the pandemics, they started shutting down and everything, all the weights and things went out the door. Like I went, by the time I made it to TJ Maxx, they had like these little five pound dumbbells and like one 10 pound kettlebell. So I had to get creative. I bought I ordered some bands that took months because, you know, with COVID and everything shutting down, it took months to get to me. But, bro, I literally took a suitcase, put in some canned goods and all types of stuff to make it heavy enough. 
And I was doing roles with that. I was doing whatever I could. And she goes, Robin, at this point, you've built so much muscle, you're just maintaining it. Just maintain, do enough training to maintain the muscle you've got till we get ready to go to stage. Because we were planning on doing the Clash of the Titans in October of 2020. Mm -hmm. So the closer mm -hmm. we got to that, um, we started cutting down a little bit. We started cutting down. And um, just, it was it was crazy. I had to go do my cardio outside, walking around in the cold. It was wintertime. I bundled up and I'm... I'm walking laps and it was like a Rocky movie, bro. <laughs> it was like, I'm doing all this just to get to the stage, <laughs> eating all this food or calculating all the food, doing all the steps every single day. It was, it was invigorating at the same time as it was like, wow. But it gave me something to look forward to every day because there was nothing to do, you know, sitting at home doing nothing. So it gave me something to do um, about, july of 2020 we found out um that the clash had canceled because mm -hmm. um covid rates were going back you know the, the things were going back up and everything so shape was mm -hmm. like yeah they're not gonna do the show they don't have enough competition so long story short she was like let's just hold you here we're gonna boost up your food we're gonna hold you here and then we're gonna cut you back down so she boosted me up i didn't gain a pound eating more food and then we start cutting back into um cutting again and we got ready for the march 2021 show at the mr and ms minnesota here in minnesota and that was my first show and it was just i was fired up bro like i literally enjoyed every second every second of the suck the the drama the the, the hunger all of it like i just it was like the, the challenge of it all was just very much uh enjoyable for me weird as it sounds but it gave me a challenge that was crazy but i i did it weird my first my first season i shut out the world like i didn't go nowhere i didn't do anything even when the world opened back up and the gyms were open back up i went to the gym but my husband would be like we're going over so and so's house nah i can't go can't go i don't want to be tempted by food i don't want to be you know this and third i gotta eat my food i gotta go to bed at this time like i was militant about my prep so getting ready for that, finally getting to the stage, it was crazy. And I was in the gym training now. So I'm not trying, trying to bore you guys, but uh, we're no, at the no, gym no. and all these people, have, all these people around me, they're, they're watching me and they saw me bigger and they saw me in there every single day grinding. Then they start to see me lean out and a couple of them are coming over to me going, what are you doing? And I go, what do you mean? Like, you look amazing. What have you been doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm getting ready for a bodybuilding show. I'm like, wow. I had a couple people ask me, are you sick? Is everything okay? <laughs> no, I'm not sick. You know, I'm just, I'm just losing weight. I'm getting ready for a bodybuilding show. So they saw me go through all that. And everyone kept telling me, oh, you're going to win. You're going to win. I go, I don't want to worry about winning. I just want to do it. I want to get there because I've been doing this for two, almost two years. I just want to get to the stage. So it was just fun being there when I got, finally got to the show, looking at everybody. And just feeling in awe. Like, we all were doing this together. All of you guys that are around me right now, we were doing this during the pandemic. We were all just, wow, like, everyone looks amazing. And I just was so excited for everybody. Like, ah! I didn't care if I wasn't going to win, if I was going to win. I just wanted to get on stage and just do my thing. Uh, I, I ended up sweeping the show. And that was a great feeling, too, on top of it all. But... The camaraderie backstage and just getting to know the different athletes, it was just, 
it bit me, man. I bit by the bug and never looked back. <laughs> yeah. So I, I feel like I feel like that's one of the biggest things that I learned as well about bodybuilding because this I think we're naturally taught to compete against everyone else and we're taught to constantly compare ourselves to everybody else but by the time you get up on stage and you see everybody else that's backstage and just like what you highlighted we're all on our own individual journeys and we had to earn our way to this point you naturally respect everyone that's backstage with you you respect everyone that makes it to that show because you know yourself what you had to go through to get to that point and now here is an entire exhibit of the same kind of people that had to grind and get their way there. And what's the most unique part about that is that everyone has a different story. Not everybody was Robin Thicke after six. Not everybody was <laughs> Alan Kay that was an alcoholic and did a whole bunch of other things that had to get there. Everyone had their own individual story. And so not only does it teach you how to really appreciate everyone, but also respect and tolerate every other background. And, and I feel like there's that it's just, it sets such a great foundation on how to approach other people while also being able to appreciate and respect yourself. And, and it's just a great, great feeling. So did you, um, did you end up winning that, that show? What, what, and what division did you yep. compete in at that one? I did figure. And I, so I did okay. novice. I did. So I did novice tall and then I did the open. So I ended up being on stage like four times because I did novice tall. And then I went against, um, let me see novice. The novice was, you know, what novice is the open where you've never done a show ever. So I did that right. at the tall class. And then I went back out for the open. And those are the two classes that I competed in. And then, um, I won the, uh, novice tall. So I had to compete against a girl. I had to do like an overall against a girl in the short class. And I won that one too. And then I went against the open and I had, I won that one. So I went against the short girl again. And it was pretty much the same people, like the exact same people, give or take one girl. One girl was, was out. Um, so it was pretty, we knew who was going to win the overall each time because I had already won the, you know, but so that whole thing, but it was just, that was like the icing on my cake to win, to win my pro card that night. And I tell people all the time, but it's a catch 22 because while it was great to win my pro card first time on the stage, mm. I didn't get to experience until my second season, what a lot of athletes go through when they lose, when you don't mm. win, when you're fighting and fighting and fighting for that top spot. Because when you get there, it's like, where else can you go but down, right? Or are you going to get going to keep going up? But in bodybuilding, you know, that's not the case. It's subjective. So you just don't know what you're going to do because you don't know who's going to show up and what the judges are going to say. So it's not inevitable that you're just going to keep going up. There's a chance you're going to go down. And my second season, I took fourth. After a high like that, I took fourth. <laughs> so it's like, wait, what? <laughs> totally different thing. So it's a catch-22 for me. I enjoyed it doing that, but I would have been just as happy, I feel, even if I didn't win the overall or didn't win my pro card that first time out. Right. So you're, you started your second season by coming in fourth, but I know that you won a few shows during, is it during your second season you ended up winning? Mm -hmm. So can you, can you yeah, kind of take us into that then? Like, yeah, what, so you went from fourth place 
you could tell there's something about that fourth place finish that that still I could feel it when you said that it still kind of hit right there, right? And but you'd end yeah. up winning later on in that season. So, so can you kind of take us into what that was like for you to go through that fourth place and then also yeah. go back into winning? It's, it's kind of crazy because uh, I'm getting emotional about it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, so the fourth place win, honestly, is my favorite. Because it just taught me, it taught me a lot. Um, sometimes when we're on our high horse, God, I didn't expect to, it always gets me. That's the most meaningful for me. It means more to me than the pro car win because it humbled me. It humbled me because, you know, when you are... When you're on your high horse and you think you're the hot stuff, and then you're humbled and, and it shows you that it's not what you think it is. I don't know. It just it resonates with me. Still, I wasn't ready for that show. I had no business in that season whatsoever. I was. My coach warned me after the first time. She goes, "Okay, you got your pro card. Let's take a year and a half to two years off to grow." I was high. I was like, "No." <laughs> I want to go back and defend my crown. I'm, I'm the top of my game. I'm a beast. You know, I want to keep going. And so she was like, okay, well, I will help you through it. I'm your coach. It's what I'm here for. I will help you bring a decent package. She goes, but I'm be honest with you. You're not going to look that much different. She said, you'll put back on the muscle that you burned through during prep. Cause you definitely use a little bit of muscle when you're, you know, cause we're natural athletes. We lose a little bit of muscle when we're getting ready for a show for prep, but you know, it. you're going to look okay. She goes, but you're not going to be like wild different because you're not giving yourself enough time to grow. So I was like, all right, fine. And I kind of doubted her at the time. Like, nah, I think I'm going to be good. <laughs> you know. And I went ahead into the season. And when it was time to cut, I was not ready mentally. I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. I dredged getting ready for prep. And so that right there was a telltale time, a telltale sign that could have told me not to do it. But I went ahead and did it anyways. I already signed up for it. I had a couple of sponsors that had signed up for me and paid for a couple of shows. Keith Holland, shout out to Keith. Uh, Keith Holland was Keith. my sponsor, him and his uh, him and his wife. And I just was like grateful to them. So I'm like, I need to show up for the people. I need to, I need to, like, I was basically doing it for other people instead of for Robin. I was trying to impress mm. people. And, hey, I'm new on the scene. <clears throat> and, you know, not realizing that the goats of the game, they didn't show in 2020, 2021. There was, it was COVID. None of them showed up. So then getting on the stage with some more caliber pro athletes in Florida for the Florida Pro the following year was like, whoa. And I felt like I was bigger, but I knew I wasn't lean enough. But I thought it's all about muscle. You know, that's about the muscle. And that's when I got my first taste of learning about the, what the, when they said the sport is subjective. Because while, and I'm going to say this, IPE, they love muscle. Like, they will award, and I've seen it many times, they award a guy who's, like, got the size and muscle over the guy that's, like, shredded. They've done that because they're looking like this guy has more muscle, and it's called bodybuilding. It's not a dieting contest. So I've seen that happen. So here I am thinking, oh, I'm definitely going to win again. I'm bigger. No. So when they're calling our names at the end, you know, because I got this big old back and everyone's like, woo, every time I turn around, the audience is going crazy and I'm feeling myself. And then, so I, 
after prejudging, everyone's going, oh, you're going to win. Your back was crazy. It's the audience telling me this stuff. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. And I wasn't too confident, but I said, I'll even take second place. As long as I can take home a check, I'll be happy. So that was my tangible thing that I could, I could take that I would be like, okay, I'm cool with that. I don't have to win first because I think Larissa has it. <laughs> so we're standing up there, bro. And I'm used to, I gotta say used to, I only did one show. But in that show, I was one of the last, I was the last person called because I won. So I'm standing there and they go, and they, when they called my name, so soon I was like, huh? Mm. I was confused. I didn't even know what I placed until I got off the stage and flipped my thing over. Because I was so like, they're calling my name already. And I'm like, what the? So I'm standing up there and the hardest thing to do was to smile and mm. just be happy for the people that won. Well, you're standing there like with egg on your face. Are you freaking serious? And I'm just sitting up there holding this pose. I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like embarrassed. And then so I got off the stage and I wanted to run off into the back because we had to do masters. We did the open, then we had to do masters next. I run off the stage and I'm standing there and I go, nope, Robin. Turn around and congratulate those girls. Wait for them to come off. So as they're coming off, I waited for everyone. I congratulate them each. And then I go in the back and then we all lined up again for the Masters Awards. Sure enough, I didn't get called. What? I expected my number to be called. I'm standing on the sideline going, I didn't even place in the Masters? How? So I'm standing in the back and I'm going, and I can just feel all this emotion is rolling up in me like, oh my God. This is, this can't be real life. Like I just, I just, I was, I won all the other shows. How am I here? And I told myself, you stand here and you wait. Every one of those girls come off. And they all came off the stage and I congratulated them all. And one of the ladies that um, was on the stage, she, she placed, she came into the masters. So she pretty much bumped me out. Um, She came in, Melody, Melody. She came in and she she won, she beat me. Her and I had been conversing before prep, during all through prep. And she kept saying, you're going to destroy us. You're going to destroy us. She, you, your physique is so crazy. You know, I'm just going to be happy to stand next to you is what she says. <laughs> and she beats me. She actually won the master's class. So she was a champ. She comes off. No, no, Larissa won. And then she got second place. And so as she comes off the stage, I'm waiting for all of them. I'm congratulating them all. And she looks at me and she goes, can I get a picture with the champ? Bro, I could have lost it. I could have freaking mm. lost it. Like, are you kidding me? You want a picture with me? You just beat me. You want a picture with me? And so I took a picture with her. I'm smiling. And then I said, you got two seconds. I ran in the back, grabbed up all my stuff, and I hightailed it to the nearest bathroom, got in the stall, locked it, and just bawled for like 30 minutes. Mm. It was so freaking heart-wrenching i'm like <laughs> and i picked the wrong bathroom to run to because it literally was the bathroom where they were doing the pee test so i'm in the stall and i hear larissa come in and she's like yeah and they're all chit-chatting about you know they gotta do their pizzas i'm like oh no why am i in this bathroom so i had to just hold it together while i'm in there just listening to them and uh, the jealousy was just like, oh, I should have, I wanted to win. I didn't win, but I was still happy for them. But at the same time, I was just like, ah, that's so many emotions, so many emotions. And I'm just, 
It was crazy. So honestly, that's the one I will never forget. My first, I will never forget, but my first loss, I'll never forget because it just really humbled me, taught me a lot about the sport, a lot about camaraderie. You know, I've seen and heard stories of athletes throwing fits after they lost, you know, throwing shade after they lost. You know, no, Larissa worked just as hard. Melody worked just as hard. Like you said, we all had our individual journeys to get there. It's just the way the cookie crumbled. And I can hold myself accountable. I knew I wasn't ready. So I picked my big girl panties up and was like, nope, keep going, Mom, let's go. And I won all my other shows after that. But that was my, that one I'll never forget. And I'll never regret that one. I needed that one. So. So would be would it be fair to say that that loss is what fueled you to end up winning the next couple of shows? Because you ended up winning, I believe you ended up winning the Florida Pro and you ended up winning Mr. America, no, correct? I didn't win the, no, not the Florida Pro. No. Florida Pro was the fourth place win. That was the fourth place win. I won and the Florida the Pro the first year. Yeah. First year. I did okay. the St. Louis okay. show. I did the St. Louis show against Angelica. And okay. I got second place because here and I were the only two. So. Okay. I got second place to Angelica at that show. I didn't even try to dial it in for that show because I wanted to save my peak for the Mr. America. So I didn't even really try hard. I said, it's going to be the two of us. Um, there's no real reason for me to like go crazy hard. I'm going to get a check anyway. So, but I still wanted to beat her. I still wanted to place ahead of her. And, but she got me, man, because she was freaking amazing. Her stage presence is just unmatched her stellarness her statuette ugh. angelica's a, a freaking beast <laughs> but i got second place to her and then i went on and i won the uh master's class at mr america i got fourth place at the mr america open because uh my physique mm -hmm. started to fade i didn't properly peak it was a long day i stopped eating something else i don't regret because i learned about myself what type of carbs to have how why i should be eating not starving ourselves on show day and stuff like that. So I learned a lot of lessons on that one. And then I went on to do my last show of the season and I won the open and the masters in that class, that show. So I ended on a, on a really good note, even though I started off kind of crazy. So, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. <clears throat> one of my favorite quotes and and this entire journey of yours. <clears throat> oh, reminds me of that, coffee. which is uh, I drink some more coffee, right? But that quote goes, character is not determined by what we do, but rather how well we rise after we fall. Mm -hmm. And it just seems phenomenal that you had this absolute ego breaking, heartbreaking loss being on the highest ever. And instead of using that moment to define you, you use it to define yourself and you ended up flourishing through the rest of the season because of it. And and I feel like it's it's those moments of loss or defeat are just something that we that we need because it teaches us so much about ourselves, just like what you just displayed. So I'm really genuinely happy for you, Robin, that that, that is that you went through that. And and now what what I see is not only do I see the champ, but who you are and how you show up for the rest of the community is that of service you know you, you know the one thing that i i absolutely love about you robin and um, what makes us so damn close is that i know that at any time that i'm at a low or if i'm going through something or if i'm just posting a workout sel selfie robin's gonna be there to help hype me up and push me to be better and, and so 
it's it's awesome that you've you know during the process that that's also who you are um is that something that that that's just is that just something of a characteristic of you like where do you think that comes from where you're just so damn supportive of the community in its entirety um, being a christian woman obviously that you know you learned a lot getting to know getting closer to god learning learning about you're having a relationship with God, learning about you know, his qualities. Those are his qualities, community, love, patience, mildness. All those things are God's qualities. So learning to cultivate those um, makes you a better person anyway. Um, and I just, I've always been this type of person, Alan, where I just love to see happy. I like to be around happy people. I love to be around just excitement and, and good vibes. You know, like I've never been a negative Nate Nancy type person. Like I've always wanted to have a good time and make people feel good about themselves. Not in a fake way where I'm just going around giving out compliments that aren't real, but like I will go above and beyond just to tell somebody how they're doing because I know how that would make me feel. And I just like to see people thriving and doing their best. So absolutely. It's just enough hate and ugly going on in the world to be contributing to that part of it. So. Any way I can be positive and helpful and just uplift somebody's spirits, it works. Because honestly, it comes back full circle. So many times I've had moments where I'm down or doing mm-hmm. something. And there's that person that I helped lift up, comes back around and goes, oh, but Robin, you got this. You know, you're an inspiration. And it's like, wow. <laughs> so what you put out there, you're going to definitely get back. Like the Bible says, what you sow, you shall also reap. So, I mean, got to watch what you're sowing. yeah god ain't that a fact that is that is such a fact because whatever you focus on amplifies and if you are out there constantly giving selfless love to other people that selfless love comes back but if you're out there constantly giving fake ass compliments or being fake with other Mm -hmm. people you're going to attract that same energy that you're projecting and man that's an that's I feel like those are one of those lessons for me I had to learn uh, for sure. Um, Not that I've ever been just like a fake person, but you know, if I'm not, if I'm being vague with my approach, the vague results happen and the vague kind of people come into my life. If I'm being, if I'm in service and I'm constantly being there for other people and being supportive, I end up getting that love and energy in return. I think that's like why... I feel like that's why one of the the best advices you can ever give to someone who's going through something is give, be in service, start loving other people. And, you know, I, and I feel like for me, I know that anytime I'm in a rut or I feel like I'm depressed or I'm going through something, I start loving and reaching out to other people and sending love. And it's just so crazy on how much that just makes me feel so much better as a person. So when you're, when you're focused on helping others, your issues kind of fade to the background. You don't get to focus on those too much because you're too busy servicing other people. And that fills your cup, fills your cup. Mm-hmm. So I love it. It really does. I love it. It, it does. <laughs> it does. Um, and, and I wanted to, to kind of um, wrap this up, not exactly wrap this up, but, but end our conversation with um, a couple of things that I know that you and I always talk about, but I think it, the conversations need to be had because you and I are both very pro athlete, very pro for the community, very much about how do we empower ourselves into being better versions of ourselves. And I think that includes how do we make the 
industry, the natural bodybuilding industry better, especially for the athlete. Um, especially for you who's so supportive of athletes and who is so just is loved by the community. In your opinion, like, what do you think the status of natural bodybuilding is and where do you think it should be heading to or where it can go and how can we get it there? I feel like it's alive and well still, you know, everyone's still, we're getting new people every day, all the time, finding it. And uh, new athletes are showing up every day. Every time I look on IG, I'm seeing new faces and, and new things. So it definitely is thriving. Um, I think heightening the camaraderie is everything, like kind of what you're doing with the podcast, highlighting and spotlighting different athletes. Let them know, hey, we see you. We want we we want to know more about you. Tell us your story because then it just makes it more relatable, and it doesn't make us seem like we're some type of a cult that can't be touched. You know, everyone's real, genuine. This is real life. You know, type jazz and uh, yeah, just continue. I mean, there's a lot going on with um, some people trying to break down how much is being paid and what they're what they're getting. It's then the third. And in the beginning of our situation, Alan, that was like a big deal for us. Like, what's going on with the money and all that? But now I've learned over the last few months, it's just, you know, this is what we do. Like, we pay into this. It's a hobby like any other hobby. You're going to have to spend the money. You're going to pay into it. We can't nitpick around what you're going to spend. If you don't like it, just go. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But the best thing is that we need, honestly, is just more more camaraderie, more support, um, more knowledgeable coaches. and. Uh, I don't know. That's about it that I can think of. <laughs> and yeah. time. Yeah. Time. 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 That is a fact. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I definitely, I, I like what you said about that because people that make it about the money, people that make it about those things, like, look, they all have, they all have very relevant arguments and I completely get it. But it's like, once you start getting in the monetary aspect on the other things, like, all right, well, if you want more pay here, it takes more money out of here. And then all of a sudden, if you mm -hmm. take more money out of here, then the quality of this product loses here. And then you might not even mm -hmm. have an industry or a show in of its entirety. So it's like, where do we nitpick, you know, and it's, it's better to at least have a show than no show at all. Because just like what you said, everybody gets into the sport for so many different reasons. Everyone's journey is so different. And, you know, yes, the, the stage is a highlight for all the work that we did, but the stage is only a mere representative of all the work that we potentially had to do to get there. And it, it, without the stage, piece. I probably, yeah, right, right. It's just, it's just one little cover of, of everything else that we did. And anyone who's ever been mm -hmm. on stage will always, always, always tell you that it's the journey. It's the journey. It's the journey. It's the journey. And yeah, I mean, what I have gained out of bodybuilding um, pales into comparison to a $1,500 check or a $5,000 check or a $10,000 check. Like what you can, you can keep on upping the prize money, but what I have learned internally and what I've gained out of it is just priceless. And regardless of how much money I could ever get out of a, of a placement, the community, the people, the drive and purpose and being in service that is that is where it's at for me, you know. Um, we don't do it for the money, bro. No, it's not. It's not no. a monetary thing. It's not a monetary gain. You know, it's not. It's not profitable. We're, we don't do it for the money. 
Right. And you lose right. the luster of it all when you do it for the money. You gotta do it for other reasons. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that that's like um, you know it's crazy. And I'm gonna go a little off tangent here, but that's kind of what I what I learned with um with poker. Um so I used I'm a, I love plo I love poker. I love poker and it <laughs> you know, for a while there I was I was playing poker for a living um when I got out of the Navy for probably about a good half year to a year. And in that half year to a year, when I'm playing for income purposes, I lost love for the game. I, you know, going all in for a, a car payment or knowing that if I get check raised for this and I call, I might not be able to pay the certain bill and, and getting to that grind and relying on poker for income made me lose love for one of my favorite hobbies of all time. It wasn't until I started going back and working and started working on actually my my income and getting to a real comfortable place where now I'm like, oh, hey, poker is fun again, because even if I win or lose, I'm going to be OK. And so I feel like just like what you said, like, hey, you know where we are with bodybuilding, it's not there isn't very much money in it right now. It can potentially be. But for at, the, at least for the moment, if you make it about the paychecks that you get on stage you're going to probably lose a lot of love for the sport. Cause I think at any time you start doing it for the money and not for yourself, that's when you end up start losing the love of the sport and the love of what you're doing, because you do sacrifice and exhaust a lot to be in the sport. That's for sure. But yeah. speaking about, speaking about exhausting and sacrificing, you are on a terror right now with the gym and your gains for the 2025 season, as you say. So what kind of take us into that? Like, what are your goals? How are you getting there? And uh, I got to tell you too, before you start talking about that, watching your stories on Instagram, Robin, is a pre-workout in and of itself. Like between you and Courtney watching your guys' stories, holy <laughs> crap, you know? So yeah, take us into what your mindset is and how you're approaching and why 2025. I appreciate that, bro. I appreciate that. So I chose 2025 for the obvious reason when I said I wasn't supposed to be in the last year's prep. It just drug me down. Like I, it was long. It was too long. I tried the longer season because I saw everyone else was doing a longer season. And I thought, hmm, let's see what happens. I want to see what, what everyone else is doing, see what I'm capable of. So last season, I don't regret for a second because I learned a lot about myself. I learned that I cannot do longer seasons. I learned that... um you know, I just, I need more time. Don't rush into things. Check your ego. I learned that, first of all. Definitely had to check my ego. Um, And so I just, I just picked 2025 because I felt like it was at least two years from the time that I stepped off stage that would be safe enough for me to actually just live, woosah, and, and give my body some time to grow. So like my coach said, a year and a half to two years was a good number for me to, to grow and settle. And then you know, so I picked 2025 as a as the year. When I picked it, I was thinking, man, that's a long time. But man, 2023 just blew by. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I don't have enough time. I'm running out of time. So here we right. are, just, just a little over a year left before I'm going to be starting prep. And it's like crazy. But the biggest piece of my improvement season that I'm enjoying is getting my calories back up. Because I haven't had 28 plus 100 calories consecutively since 2019. And so before, because I was doing all these preps, and when you're in prep and you're doing season after season after season, I'm sure these athletes, they keep their calories low because you need to be relatively lean. You don't want to have to be losing so much weight, 
going right back into another season. So it was kind of fun to see my body recomp because I had all this time. You know, I could slowly start eating. I post-show, I blew up like crazy, did not like that body, but I had to go through. Man, it was a tedious thing again, bro. Like the mental game of it all. I learned a lot mentally. I had to deal with the fact that I was fluffy and big because right now I was just trying to repair my uh, relationship with food because I was binging and I went from binging to having no appetite at all. And then I wasn't adhering at all. So we took the whole month of December of 2022 off. No scale, no tracking, nothing. Just eat intuitively. And I gained quite a bit of weight. I was up about 190, something like that. And I was mm-hmm. just fluffy and big and just looked like my former self. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. It was a very dark place for me because I was like, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I, I can't do it. Like hormonally, I could not do it. I couldn't eat. I couldn't focus. So that was a whole thing. By February, I was back on track, more adherent. And I watched my body go from that to a certain other number. But the you know the, the food was going up. But I'm getting smaller. I'm getting more in my body comping. I'm like, woo, this is it. And then the gym started being fun again and just just living. And uh so since June, I haven't succeed I haven't been heavier than 188 pounds since June. So I've been fluctuating in the same five pounds five to six pounds since June till till now. So I'm positive that I've gained muscle mass because I'm leaner looking, I'm more muscular, and I'm still within the same weight range. So I'm like, this is what it is, you know? But at the same time, bro, I ain't gonna lie, I'm nervous. Like I'm doing, I'm, I'm trusting the process and I'm doing all the work. But when you talk so much about it sometimes, you're like, Ah, you're just going to be the same. You're not going to look different. It's not going to be different. But the other side to me is like, some days I feel like, oh, you're going to look great. You're going to be fire. And the next day I'm like, it's going to be the same. You're not going to get lean enough. <laughs> negative self-talk just all the time. I'm just like, man, I got to chill. So it's a mental game for sure right now. But yeah, I had my check-in this morning. Weight's, weight's steady. I'm looking good. I'm actually seeing ab lines in this weight. And Let's go. muscle everywhere. So I'm like super duper excited. And I feel like this is what I needed time to grow. And my goal is just, bro, when I come back to just be like, people be like, wow, Robin was not playing. Like, I don't, I'm not caring about placing none of that. I just want my package to destroy what I had last year. That's Let's it. go. Yeah, dude, you, I, I swear to like watching your stories. Like I remember when we were down in Texas and I saw you at the gym and I was like, God damn, Robin, I'm not working out next to you. Like I not what the hell are you doing? Cause you are on a mission and it, that's, that's what I, I genuinely love about you as well is, is you are so determined and it's such an infectious attitude where I'm just like, man, I gotta be on my A game. I gotta be, you know, cause I'm not going to be competing for a while. We talked about this, but I, you know, watching you and talking to you, bro, I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited, excited too. Excited you, I know, I'm excited after that too. <laughs> Just trust. I'm so excited. When you come um, back. Huh? I said, cause when you come back, it's going to be great. Oh, I know. But you know, what's crazy <laughs> about this too? Cause as we're talking about this, you know, each, each competition, like like our entire fitness journey and our everything, it's a journey, right? 
ever like each individual show is a journey and then all of a sudden what you learn and then the compilation of different shows is a journey and then what we learn in that show to take an off season to learn every you know and it's always it's always about my opinion evolving and and making yourself better and then constantly relearning about yourself and so it's it's what i love about this as well because you know like what i learned through the first time I competed and was not the same thing I learned about the second time. And then by the third time, my third competition, ironically, you know, was, was this past May and I came in fourth place and I, my ego got kicked in. And I remember I was saying like, blah, 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 blah. And I had to reground myself and remember why the hell I even did this in the first place, you know, cause I was so set on getting a pro card and being a pro, but what the hell does that even really mean if you're not, you know, centered with yourself? And so it doesn't even matter about the objectified label if you can even get true with who the hell you are first. And it's, um, that's why I love about this. I love everything about it. And, um, definitely talking to you and realizing that it's just an entire journey for everyone, no matter where they're at, even when they've already won. Um, and the fact that you can, yeah, be so tuned in with yourself and get yourself to 2025 and let go of the now, even though that might come with its own fluctuation is, is nuts. And another thing too, real quickly, um, you highlighted it and, and I don't want this to go by the wayside. Reintegrating your relationship with food, reintegrating your relationship with the gym. I, and I feel like that's another thing. I, th- I think, I think what people learn in the process, and at least what I've learned too, is your relationship with these different things. It's just like any other relationship you have with people. You have your ups, you have your downs, you have the moments where you're riding sky high and the moments that you're riding really, really low. But all in all, it's the process that makes you really appreciate those entities and those relationships. And sometimes you do need to take an entire month of just getting off of it. Sometimes you need to go, oh my God, I'm going through this one of the one of the most impactful feedbacks that i've had was from you where i had gone on some other podcast and you're like yeah i noticed you were kind of letting yourself go because i saw your cheeks i was like damn you're right and so it's um but it's you know it, it's those it's those things where yeah it's it's all the journey and as long as you can humble yourself and have some humility you, you know you end up really appreciating the the entire experience um, for what it is. That's, that's for sure. So yeah, yeah, the different relationships with the gym and the food are also just another form of data that kind of lets you, it tells you about yourself, well, what you're going through physically, you know, you, if if you had a tough day at the gym, it might've been because you didn't get much sleep or you're going through some stress or you, you need to eat more. Or if you're having a certain relationship with certain relationship with food, sometimes people stress eat. Some people, you know, they don't eat because they're depressed or whatever. So those are real telltale t- signs. If you enjoy going to the gym and you're a person that usually enjoy eating, but all of a sudden you're having those ups and down moments, it's just another time to, to, to self-reflect on what's going on, you know? So that's what I love about it too is you do need those breaks, but don't beat yourself up about it for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, it is. It is. <laughs> all right, Rabbit, I'm not going to take any more of your time. Um, for anybody that wants to follow you on Instagram, uh, what is your Instagram handle? Robin Fit after six. Yep. yep. And I, I highly. That's <laughs> I I uh I cannot I I cannot recommend any more of a of a 
inspirational, loving, selfless person in this community than than yeah. you. That that's for sure, Robin. I, and I mean that with all my heart. I appreciate um, that. Likewise, to you, bro. Seriously. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. I'm, well, it's it's when you have when you have people like you in my corner and, and other people. It's kind of like how do you not how do you not embody all the phenomenal people that you keep yourself around? You know, it's that's why like the whole inner circle thing is so important. So important. So you are who your friends are. You are, you are, you are, you what are do they who say? your like friends you, are. You are the, the byproduct of the five closest people that you have within you in your life, you know? So that is guilty by sure. association right, right. <laughs> or innocent by association. Right. I mean, however you want to look at it. <laughs> All right, Robin, stay on, stay on with me for just a little bit. And um, for everyone else who's tuned into this, I uh, appreciate you guys being on this. I hope you guys have a uh, happy holidays. I don't know what you guys celebrate, but um, yeah, that's why I got this amazing sweater. I love this sweater, by the way. Um, but what was a throwing, is that a unicorn throwing up? Yes, a Christmas sweater it's of a unicorn out. throwing up. I love it. That is I, so I, you. That's so you. <laughs> Yes, I do identify as a throwing up unicorn. That is for sure. There you go, man. <laughs> All right, guys. Until next time, guys. Deuce. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. Oh, H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the RO.